Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. This podcast shares the personal journeys of Tummy Team clients as they restore their core and pursue being strong to be pain-free and connected for the life they were meant to live. This is Kelly Dean from the Tummy Team. Welcome to this week's episode of the Tummy Team Journey podcast. And this week, I'm going to be talking to you about pelvic floor and the pelvic floor connection with the core. Um, We actually have online functional pelvic floor rehab courses, and I thought it would be a good week to share a little bit more about that connection because we are launching our updated version of Floor of Your Core this week. Um, what most people may not, may not know is that I really did not start out thinking I was going to do anything related to pelvic floor. My initial plan for the tummy team was to work on diastasis recti rehab, um, which turned into functional core rehab because it's more than just a diastasis. And that was my focus. But I noticed in myself, um, as I started to heal my own diastasis and I got stronger, that some of the pelvic floor symptoms that I had, like leaking when I sneezed or jumped or coughed, um, and just disconnect in my pelvic floor that I thought were just kind of natural byproducts of motherhood. Um, I started to realize those, those symptoms were improving pretty dramatically. And I wasn't even in my mind, I wasn't even doing anything for my pelvic floor. I was simply healing my core and reconnecting my core and, um, changing my, um, neutral pelvis alignment. And some of the symptoms I, like I said, I was taking for granted um, that this is just how it is after you've had a couple kids got better. And then as I started working with clients, they would report the same thing. They started noticing improvements. They started telling me about um, improvements in their pelvic floor function. And, um, you know, at first it was usually uh, incontinence related, like um, they would say they were leaking less. Um, but then people would also say that they could feel more during intimacy. Um, and then we started seeing a lot of improvements in people that were reporting symptoms of prolapse. And in the beginning of doing core rehab, I wasn't even asking my clients questions, that many questions about their pelvic floor, because I didn't didn't know the connection back then. I didn't, I was doing core work. I didn't realize there was a connection. So when, when clients would start sharing with us that things were improving, I started realizing, oh, maybe I should start asking how things are before we start. So, so we could start measuring what is happening on a little bit more holistic scale, right? Looking at a little bit more what is going on in all the parts of the body, not just is the diastasis getting smaller, is the back pain getting better. Um, we had, I, I'll never forget, I had this dramatic 
interaction um, with a client who was um, in her late 70s and was still working full time as a massage therapist. And she had pretty significant scoliosis. And she had initially come to us because uh, she she felt like something was falling out of her vagina, basically. And um, and she's like, I don't know what to do about this. And honestly, at the time, I was like, I don't know what to do about this either. Um, but she came in and I could tell right away that she had a diastasis and that she had had six kids. But again, she now had she was now a grandma. Um, I could tell she had obviously pretty poor alignment. Um and she was bearing down and bracing all the time with the work she was doing as a massage therapist. Um, she was very young and spunky in spirit, but her body was feeling very old. And we started working on just our functional core rehab process where we worked on the transverse and we worked on the diastasis and we started working on our alignment. Um, and she, um, her scoliosis started to look dramatically different and we started realizing, Oh, there's difference between functional scoliosis and structural scoliosis. Functional meaning that it's the muscles and how we're using our muscles and structural meaning the bones are actually in this place. Um, she, she grew like two inches, um, which she was very happy about cause she was barely five feet tall. Um, and, and her, her prolapse symptoms dramatically changed. Um, by the end of four sessions, she said she had no prolapse symptoms at all. And this was mind boggling to me. And it started me really to open my eyes and look beyond, um, what I thought we were doing into what we were really doing in the rehab process. Um, around that same time, Jillian um, joined my team as a physical therapist. She was a client and she joined my team and um, we're going to have a podcast with Jillian here shortly. And you guys will, will get to know more about her story. Um, and Jillian had, um, had done a lot of pelvic floor PT on herself, had, had, had gone to pelvic floor PT um, but she told me that her work with the tummy team was what actually completed her healing, um, her pelvic floor healing, which was surprising to me because, again, at this time, I was not seeing the connection because um, this wasn't the type of work I did. And I, I just it really started my wheels turning. Jillian started working with us at the tummy team as a core rehab specialist, but she also was doing ongoing training with pelvic floor physical therapy because she really wanted to um, have both trainings. Um, I started to recognize even more so the connection with the core and the pelvic floor for the prenatal core training that we're doing, right? So in our prenatal core training, we talk, we talk about the pelvic floor because we talk about the, the co-contraction that the transverse, that corset muscle that wraps around your body and the pelvic floor muscles have that most of the time the core and the pelvic floor work together, that they, when the core lifts up and in, the pelvic floor lifts up and in, and they support each other and their structural in nature with the exception of bowel movements, um, using the bathroom and giving birth are the times that your core and pelvic floor disassociate, which means they work separately from each other. One's doing one thing and the other's doing another thing. So the core pulls in and supports 
the intestinal tract or the baby, the uterus, and the, the pelvic floor actually lets go and opens up to allow you to have a bowel movement or to give birth. And so they work separately at that time. And, and we naturally worked on this with clients um, in our prenatal core training. And so I, it was not completely unfamiliar that there was a connection, but I still wasn't pulling it all together. Um, we started working, spending more time looking at the pelvic floor anatomy and really understanding the coordination and connection and function between the core and the pelvic floor. Um, I, just to be honest, I was never really driven to do pelvic floor physical therapy training. Um, internal pelvic floor works kind of felt, feels a little overwhelming to me. Um, that was never really a passion of mine, but I could not help but under see, like to see the like organic way and understand how I was kind of being pulled into getting more information about pelvic floor work. There's just this organic connection with the work that I was called to do and pelvic floor work. But what's interesting is I started to realize that I didn't actually need to do the training for internal pelvic floor work to still be helping clients with their pelvic floor. Um, I do absolutely feel like the benefits of pelvic floor, internal pelvic floor physical therapy can be phenomenal. It's just not, not what I feel called to do. So I didn't want to dismiss the pelvic floor just because I didn't want to do that kind of training. Um, we started, I started to see how the core um, connection that we do, we talk a lot about connecting to the muscles, um, being really self-aware and um, intentional with our body. Um, so that connection, the alignment, specifically neutral pelvis alignment has a lot to do with the pelvic floor, but also neutral rib cage, knowing um, where our diaphragm is, how we're breathing affects our pelvic floor. We talk about potty posture um, in our core rehab courses, and that is directly affects the pelvic floor, um, especially if people have been bearing down or or constipated or been dealing with that a lot. That can really have a connection with prolapse. Um, and all of this stuff was filling a hole that pelvic floor PT was kind of missing. Um, not all pelvic floor PTs, but it, a lot of what we hear from clients, a lot of their experience with pelvic floor physical therapy has to do with a lot of emphasis on kegels and biofeedback, um, and, you know, targeting, feeling the right muscles and getting them to, to do a job, usually in backline with a therapist helping them and then moving it on from there, right? You have to know where the muscle is to engage the muscle. And we, we started realizing that what's kind of missing, kind of like with core work, was the functional component of the pelvic floor. And we were naturally seeing changes in people's functional um, support of the pelvic floor. So the things that really mattered, like, yes, I could do like 20 kegels, but I still wet my pants when I sneeze. But let's say we didn't do any kegels. And they're not wetting their pants when they sneeze. So the functional change was happening without that 
what they thought was the traditional thing they needed to be doing. It kind of mirrors to me a little bit about the crunches and sit-ups and planks that people do thinking that they're strengthening their core, but it's not translating into the functional strength that they need. It's not closing the diastasis. It's not flattening their tummy. It's not supporting their back. It's not eliminating their back pain. It's not doing all of these things, but they thought they were doing the right thing. I see a lot of similarities with that, with the the strong emphasis on kegels and often kegels taught incorrectly or ineffectively, or even clients just taking kegels to a whole new level. That that wasn't really the intention when they were taught it in PT. Um, but it's like using one one aspect of the muscle in one way that didn't wasn't translating into how people really use need their pelvic floor to function in real life. Um, and, and, and we would see clients that had really tried everything and then did our, our work. And this was the piece that was missing kind of like for Jill. Um, Jillian started doing or got trained in internal pelvic floor work um, and still found that every client needed to start with the alignment and the core work that we did in our core foundations process. Um, and, and we would notice that now that once we started asking clients questions about in their initial eval about their pelvic floor function, that 75% of our clients were resolving all of their pelvic floor issues before we even talked specifically about pelvic floor. So they were resolving it with alignment, connection, core connection, new, neutral pelvis positioning, and strategies that we use to not brace their tummy, but engage their core on the effort of things that they were doing. Already, their pelvic floor, 75% of them were, were resolved without us even talking about a Kegel, without us even talking about the muscles of the pelvic floor. Um, so that's pretty remarkable. Um, so I started to think about what do I know? Um, what do I know and what do I need to learn? Um, and, and I, I started really, um, digging into the anatomy and the connection and looking at what we're already doing and then how we can actually supplement that beyond, um, just telling somebody to go to an internal pelvic floor physical therapist. Um, because so, for some clients, that's not an option. They don't have anybody near them. They don't have insurance that covers it. Or they emotionally are not in a place where they're going to let somebody do that kind of work on them. So my heart was to really see how can we help people learn what they need to learn without kind of some of the scarier things that go on or they, they think about with pelvic floor PT. Um, so what we do know, we know the anatomy of the transverse abdominis, right? And we've talked about this before, but the transverse abdominis is that internal corset muscle. So if you're thinking about your, your, your core, your torso, everybody knows about the rectus abdominis, which is the six-pack abs, the outermost abdominal muscles. And most of us know about the obliques, which are the middle layer that kind of come at an angle and they twist us and rotate us. But inside both of those, the internal layer starts at the spine, wraps around your body, connects to the lower six ribs, all the way down to your pubic bone along your pelvis. And it's your corset. 
that corset muscle is like a cylinder around your waist. That's called your transverse abdominis. That cylinder should be connected, elongated, and when we use it effectively, it actually draws in and lengthens us and flattens our tummy. It's not sucking in. It draws in on the exhale. So the, the, the cylinder supports our spine and it supports our internal organs, including our pelvic organs. Um, and it, um, and it kind of stabilizes our body, connects our pelvis and our rib cage together. So our body can move well, does a couple of other things, but those are the main functions of that muscle. Um, it's postural in nature, respiratory, it supports the digestive tract, it por- supports our reproductive system. The ceiling of the, of the core is your diaphragm, and the floor of your core are your pelvic floor muscles. And so our online program um, is called Floor of Your Core. Um, so it's the, the bottom part of that cylinder. So recognizing when the transverse does its job, it kind of wraps around the belly and draws everything up and in, which can support your intestinal tract, your uterus, your belly, your tummy, kind of pulls everything up off of the weight of your pelvic floor, which is the bottom part, right? So it's already supporting when we work on the transverse. The the transverse connects to the same area that some of the pelvic floor muscles connect to. So there's what's called a co-contraction. When the transverse activates, the pelvic diaphragm, which is the deepest pelvic floor muscle, it also contracts. It lifts up. It lightens. It's not a tension. It's a lightening that lifts everything up, and it feels lighter in your pelvic floor. So when we start looking at the pelvic floor muscles and what a lot of people, what I was taught in PT school and what I was taught by my gynecologist and my midwife, it, a lot of it was is talking about the external muscles that support the sphincters, the squeeze, squeeze, squeeze um, in theory muscles. But there are some external muscles that support the sphincters. And then there's a middle layer that supports the dynamic function of your pelvis when you walk and when you take a step and when you pivot and move around in in multi-directional movements and then there's a pelvic diaphragm which actually supports the organs and lifts them up and so there's three layers just like with the abdominal wall and that deepest layer does a lot of work uh, um, but it's not a squeeze clench work it's a lift lightening work So once we started kind of recognizing that, which we knew, I knew a lot of this from the pelvic floor work we were doing with our pregnant clients, but really looking at how to get those muscles to um, structurally support again. Um, It made sense that neutral pelvis alignment was going to be a key thing because the pelvis alignment helps the core work better. Um, but it also all of the muscles in the pelvic floor connect to the bones of the pelvis. And if the pelvis, is, if we're constantly sitting on our tailbone in these kind of collapsed posterior pelvic tilt postures, or we're standing with a sway back, really arching our back um, and lifting our tail, 
the or if we have one hip hiked up because we have a baby on the hip all the time or we always sit on one foot or we have like we always rest on you know on one leg we have something going on where we're a little asymmetrical all of that impacts the the balance of those internal muscles and since our course our work um helps get people in alignment and and symmetrical and balanced and neutral all of those muscles in the pelvic floor were are responding to that um, and, and so really recognizing the importance of that neutral pelvis work, um, in how people are sitting, standing, carrying their kids, um, all the things squatting, all the things walking that we're doing. So, so then we, when, then we start thinking about how we use a belly breath and how the diaphragm and the pelvic floor kind of mirror each other. So when, when the diaphragm fills up with air, it kind of lowers a little bit and there's a little bit of increased pressure in the pelvic floor when we have a, take a big breath. And then when we exhale, as the diaphragm comes up and lifts up, the pelvic, the, the transverse can come in and the pelvic floor can lift up as well. So getting that connection with our breath that we're not holding our breath, we're not bearing down, we're not bracing and powering through things. Um, was also ha- it also has this positive influence on your pelvic floor. Um, the jaw has an influence on the pelvic floor. A lot of times we hold ch- tension when our core is weak. Our, we hold a lot of tension in muscles around our pelvis and around our rib cage. And um, the muscles of our jaw and the muscles in our neck attached to our rib cage kind of holding up. How many of you will say, oh, I always hold tension up here in my shoulders, right? Along my neck, I'm, it's always tense. I can get a massage. It feels good for a minute and comes right back. Those muscles are doing, some of it's our head positioning, some of it's um, muscles compensating for a weak core, some of it's our posture. We work on all of those things in our rehab process to get the alignment of the head in a better position, the jaw in a better position, releasing the chest muscles, releasing the neck muscles. And that also, there's a connection with our jaw and our pelvic floor. When our jaw is clenched, our pelvic floor is often clenched. It's very difficult to release the pelvic floor and have your jaw release. So if somebody's dealing with a lot of pain, has pain in their pelvic floor, has had pain from a trauma, traumatic birth, um, abuse, um, any, any other kind of trauma to the pelvic floor, often we clench our jaw when we are bearing through something and it's very difficult to relax and use the muscles appropriately in the pelvic floor when our jaw is clenched. So we, we see that connection. Um, we see the connection with the pelvic floor and what we lovingly call potty posture. Um, and how people are sitting on the toilet. We are big fans of squatty potty. Um, it opens up the pelvis, but not just a squatty potty, but elongating um, instead of hunching on the toilet and allowing your transverse to support your intestinal tract while relaxing the pelvic floor. So getting that co-contraction. Um, a lot of pelvic floor prolapse specifically symptoms are related to constipation or poor bowel habits. Um, and, and when we can resolve that, there's a, a direct um, improvement in the pelvic floor as well. Um, 
disconnect and trauma is another thing we talk a lot about with the core, but it's also the pelvic floor. Um, a lot of women have never really, uh, connected in a healthy way to their pelvic floor. Um, and they've had some trauma, whether it's been birth or sexual trauma or, um, you know, or some other kind of, um, fertility stuff. There's a lot of trauma that could be happening, um, that makes us disconnect from the muscles of our pelvic floor. And as we work on people connecting to their core, um, often they become more connected to the lower abdominal area and their pelvic floor muscles, um, or they start recognizing that that's part of the problem. And, and just us getting the co-contraction of the core and the pelvic floor naturally allows those muscles to start getting increased blood flow, increased nerve innervation, and we start feeling things down there in a new way, um, in a healthy way. Um, we, you know, these are, we also see muscle imbalance and compensation patterns. We talked about how when the core is weak, um, we tend to compensate around our pelvis and around our rib cage, trying to stabilize those two attachment points that the core is failing to stabilize. So if we're compensating a lot with our glutes or our hamstrings, um, we can start having a lot of pelvic pain. There's also internal pelvic floor muscles, um, internal glute muscles, hip deep hip stabilizers that try to stabilize as well and become hypertonic and overactive. Um, when our body feels unstable, it starts to grip in areas. And then if the first thing you're told is to um, squeeze your pelvic floor to make things better, sometimes people become a little overzealous and squeeze too much. And then they have a lot of pain and tension in the pelvic floor. So, um, you can see already there's this huge connection between the core and the pelvic floor, and there's a huge connection in what we were already doing with, um, core rehab that was naturally helping pelvic floor issues that may have been, may have been neglected in a Kegel focused treatment plan. Um, so it really became about that functional connection, right? And one of the things I say all the time is your pelvic floor is not a squeeze toy. That is not the function of it. It is not meant to squeeze, squeeze, squeeze. The pelvic floor muscles are structural. They help help um, give the structure of the vaginal canal. They help hold the bladder in place. They help hold the rectum in place. They help hold the uterus in place. They help support the the muscles around the sphincters. Um, they're postural, they stabilize your pelvis, they hold organs in place, they're dynamic, they help you to walk, run, jump, squat in all different multi-directional movements. Um, I like to say a lot of people will describe the muscles of the pelvic floor as kind of like a hammock. And I can see why they'll use that term, but a hammock also implies kind of a passive muscle that sags, right? I, I I like to refer to your pelvic floor muscles more as a trampoline that 
um, has some resiliency and can give and then bounce back. It can give and then bounce back. And it's supposed to be in that kind of lifted trampoline, not tight. It's not, it's not a rope, but it's a trampoline that has some resiliency, some give and some bounce back and some give and bounce back that supports you. I think that one of the things that our approach with pelvic floor is also helpful in is that we do so much of our work upright, sitting, standing, walking, squatting, running, even jumping, bouncing, lifting, all of that stuff. We we try to work our core muscles and ultimately our pelvic floor muscles um, in a way that your body actually needs them to work in real life. And we transition you step-by-step step into that process. Um, and, and it just, for me, being a little bit timid about the pelvic floor and timid about feeling like, oh, you know, I I don't know every single muscle in there and I don't, I don't have the training to do internal myofascial release work. Um, it was really has been really a journey for me to realize that it that's okay that there is actually a lot of pelvic floor work that we can do that is beyond the internal pelvic floor work um and it can be i i know personally that internal pelvic floor work is incredibly effective but it's not the full picture and what our approach to pelvic floor has become is really the functional aspects of the pelvic floor that are beyond that. Um, and we want, we want for clients to be empowered and to be, we, to be really a part of the process that this isn't a passive treatment plan. This is a very intentional connected um, plan that the, the client is a big part of. So so we see all these connections, but we've gone a step further um, because we realize there is a benefit to touch and to that pelvic floor um, connection that is offered from a pelvic floor physical therapist. But again, a lot of clients don't have options for that. They don't have an option for that kind of work. So how can we help clients get what they need? Um, and be their best, their best advocate for themselves and stay connected. So, you know, five years ago, we actually developed our floor record online course. Um, and this week we're launching our, um, updated version of that course, which is even more comprehensive because we know more, I know more. And I know better ways to teach people. And so we're, we update things so that you get the best possible information um, at any given time. So we've just recently updated our course, actually added a lot of content. Um, so it's a much heftier course. Um, but there's a lot of different things going on in the pelvic floor. And we wanted to create a course that... Um, addressed all of those different options or all of those different scenarios. Um, and so you might be thinking, how in the world do you do pelvic floor um, rehab online? You know, um, first off, people are like, how do you do pelvic floor rehab without doing internal work? Well, I just talked to you a lot about how we do that. And then how do you do it online? Well, 
same way. You know, we do it and we do it really effectively. And we start out by teaching clients about their anatomy, understanding the anatomy of the core, anatomy of the pelvic floor, how it all works together, understanding alignment, uh, and giving you practical strategies on how to improve your alignment and how to assess your own alignment and how to implement things into daily life to um, to not just know, go, oh, yeah, I have bad posture. Oh, I always have bad posture. No, yes, posture, your posture is failing you. How do we give you strategies to improve that? And and make it practical and functional and meaningful and um, realistic in your real life. Um, And then the other thing that is huge on the education is understanding your symptoms. Remember how I said in the beginning that I just like thought this was a natural byproduct of having kids. Um, But once I understood my symptoms, understood not just what my body, when my body was failing when when I was leaking or when I was having pain or when something negative was happening what else was going on at that time seeing the cause and effect of some of the things I was doing in my life that were contributing to some of my symptoms and how changing that was also contributing in a positive way to those symptoms so really understanding how and being a proactive and active in how your body's responding to things that you're doing that you didn't even know were connected um, so we, we spend a lot of time educating clients on that and, and it makes sense once you hear it, but before you've heard it, you didn't know, you don't know until you know, right. Um, cause a lot of times people will say, well, I, um, you know, I pee when I play soccer. Um, and, and we're like, okay, well, and they think, well, everybody does. So they just keep doing it. And then they keep doing that until a point when they're like, oh, all of a sudden, now I have this heaviness prolapse feeling when it actually wasn't really all of a sudden that leaking when they were playing soccer was telling them that their muscles were not strong enough to do that kind of dynamic of a movement yet, but they were ignoring that and powering through that. And now the next layer of weakness is presenting itself. And so, so recognizing that um, your body is communicating to you when it's not able to do something that you think it should be able to do and learning not to ignore those symptoms, but to understand what it means and having a strategy to address it. A lot of times we ignore symptoms because we just simply don't, don't know what it means and we want to just keep doing what we were doing, right? But if you understand the impact of what you're doing and have a strategy to go back and kind of rewind a little bit and build up some support system and then you know, do a little bit of dynamic movement and then build up the strength for the demands of a soccer game and then return slowly back into it, monitoring those symptoms, it could be a whole different, a whole different outcome. And so I think that that's a a great thing that we can do easily online is just educate people. And then we're very effective on, on, you know, rehabilitating the core online. And we start with the core Um, We are very effective on um, teaching people neutral pelvis strategies, um, releasing compensations around the pelvis, um, stretches and other things that we do in our courses. Um, And so we do that online. Um, We talk about pelvic floor awareness and the anatomy and we 
We give um, some exercises to help people start feeling those muscles again in upright postures as well as, you know, in other, in standing and when they're walking and when they're lifting and when they're carrying their baby, when they're coughing and they're sneezing. Um, And then we talk specifically about strategies um, related to incontinence, prolapse, um, pain with intimacy. We, we do take into account the benefits of massage and um, physical connection that you get from a, a, and myofascial release and, and some of that stuff that you get from a pelvic floor PT. And we teach clients some of those strategies to do on themselves um, in a way that is meaningful and helps increase blood flow to the areas that maybe have been traumatized or you're disconnected from. And so we, we teach those strategies um, for clients to, like I said, be really intentional and proactive and be an active participant in this process. And a lot of times um, you being the person to do some of those, those um, exercises and strategies, instead of having somebody else do it, you connect on a whole different level. Um, And then we, we have strategies to deal with pelvic pain by looking at people's compensation patterns and walking them through understanding why what one muscle might be compensating for another muscle and how to balance those things out. And then we talk specifically about fitness choices and being smart about what you do so that your core and your pelvic floor is um, becoming reinforced and strengthened in your fitness choices instead of traumatized and damaged by just ignoring symptoms, empowering through pain, empowering through leaking, empowering through that heavy feeling until things become so severe that it's really hard to kind of step back. Um, so we, 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 we can do that online. And we are always about functional integration. You know, how you're carrying your kids and how you're cleaning your kitchen and how you're um, doing your shopping and mowing your lawn and painting your fence and all the things that you do. Your body is made for function and made for real life activities. And that includes your pelvic floor muscles. They're structural, supportive and dynamic in nature. And they hold your organs in place. And as they're doing that, they also support the sphincters better. They support the bladder better. All of these things kind of work together. And so you can see how we we have a very uh, comprehensive way to look at these things. And I feel like personally, um, some some women would prefer to do this in the comfort of their own home, would prefer to do this um, listening to somebody, talking to them over the Internet, um, somebody that's been there, somebody that has compassion, somebody that also has treated a lot of people that can give you some real life strategies um, and that you can do in the privacy of your own home and have the support and encouragement of somebody right there with you. And I believe that's what we offer people. So it's funny how when I'm filming some of these um, videos, I think in my head, when in the world did I ever think that I was going to be talking about this stuff on a video on the internet? (laughs) And I can tell you, I, that was never really my career plan. Yet, um, you can see how it's just kind of naturally happened. And now I do e-sessions with people and 
I realized that there's really no topic that I'm can't really, we can't talk about. These are muscles and this is important stuff. So I feel like if you're scared, if you're nervous, if you feel like you have kind of believed the lie that this is just how it is, I want to encourage you to think about it a little bit differently. Um, It's not as scary as you think, and it's important stuff. And it doesn't matter how old you are. Like I shared the story about my my client who's in her 70s. Um, We work with clients that have been dealing with these problems for a very long time. We work with clients that have just started having these issues. And we can work with everything in between. So if you're unsure, like, do I have pelvic floor issues? I can tell you that if you are leaking urine when you don't want to, whether it's a cough, sneeze, laugh, or a jump, or you just can't get to the bathroom on time, that's something that's a pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, If you are having the same problem with bowel movements, that's pelvic floor dysfunction. If you um, are struggling with a lot of constipation, that can be pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, If you are having any kind of heaviness in your pelvic floor and your vaginal canal, um, any kind of pressure or prolapse feelings where it feels boggy, heavy um, in that area, that that's a sign of pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, if you're having pain with intimacy um, or total disconnect with intimacy, that is a form of pelvic floor. If you're having pelvic pain, either SI joint, tailbone pain, pubic pain, pubic bone pain, um, sit bone pains, or vaginal canal pain, or anything around there. Um, That's all a part of pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, So, or if you're having a lot of instability in your pelvis, that it can also be a part of pelvic floor dysfunction. So those are all pretty serious, significant things that I think a lot of us overlook or um, don't want to talk about. And maybe you have more than one of those things. I just want you to know that there are options out there. And um, and we have a really um, effective way to help you walk you step by step through that. So check out what we do at the Tummy Team. Check out um, our Floor of Your Core program. And ask us questions. Let us know if you have questions. We're here to help you. We have a lot of free resources on our website. Um, and we have a lot of... Um, of ways to, you know, encourage you and a lot of testimonies and and reviews as well. So take a look at what we do. And I hope that this was helpful um, for you to start seeing the connection between not just the core and the pelvic floor, but the core rehab process and the pelvic floor rehab process and see how it can be effectively treated online. And there may be some missing components that you have overlooked and we would love for you to check out our our new courses all right thank you so much for joining us and i hope that you are well wherever you are let us know if you have any questions all right thanks so much everyone see you next week thank you for joining us today at the tummy team journey podcast the tummy team is committed to validating your story providing you with relevant practical education to understand your body and offering effective solutions to live the life you were meant to live. Check out thetummyteam.com to get more information about how we can help you specifically 
and see if one of our online programs is right for you. You can also follow the Tummy Team on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube to get tips, encouragement, and support. Thank you.